The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, welcome to Past Yet Present. I'm Marilyn Papp, spiritual medium and author of Love is Greater Than Pain. Those who passed share our need for love, understanding, and resolution. Together, we go from communication to collaboration. Welcome back to Past Yet Present. Back by popular demand, people really want to hear how Deb and Gary are doing and what's going on with Connor and what's going on with Michaela. And Michaela says, what is this, a Peyton place? What is this? What's going on here? Basically, we're talking about the ongoing relationships and interactions and collaborations that are happening. Welcome, Deb. Welcome, Gary. Thank you, Marilyn. And welcome, Connor, and everybody who's out there. And, you know, last time we were talking about all the interactions and collaborations on so many different levels. And this time it's interesting. I mean, I'm not sure where we're going to go because it's up to them out there and you too as well. But Connor is talking about some of the sacred things, the spinning and the going out there and raising the vibration. And then he's also talking about sometimes as your kid will want to do, and and there's a bunch of kids out there who are nodding yes, they want to just come when things are kind of quiet in the house and the TV's on and flop on the couch and just hang out. And I can't tell you how many kids are out there who will have discussions and even arguments with siblings and parents about who they feel should be winning on these, you know, talent things and singing contests that are on TV that their family watch that they used to watch with the family. There are some habits they'd like to just continue. In terms of, Connor says, the mundane, and he says any interaction with a child who has transitioned out of body is going to be anything but mundane. Everything is sacred. Every every communication, every bird, every nuance is sacred. Michaela is saying every bit of effervescent ribbon, which she brings in constantly to her parents and to Luna the doggy, It's all happening out there, and yet it's about the collaboration that's happening in real time and includes the things that we love. Gary, you were talking about the spinning, and that was not new to Connor, was it? No, no, 
Connor, uh, I always involved Connor in a lot of the spiritual side that I've been on, which I was in a real spiritual place uh, before Connor was ever born, but I always included it with him. And it was not religious or anything, but I throw stuff at him. And, you know, I always felt inside that Connor was born a very highly spiritual person, energized in that way. I could sense it in him as a child. One thing I made sure was never to give religion to my children, let them find their own path. And uh, I was always really proud of Connor to looking inside, looking inward. That was what he did. And we were talking about the spirituality. And Deb, we, we are, at some point you, you, we were also discussing, is it comfortable to share while Connor was in the hospital, what happened with the medium who came? Yeah, a friend of ours brought, actually he ended up bringing a medium and a woman who'd had an accident and was recently kind of able to connect with spirit on the other side. And he was having, I can't remember what the procedure was, but it's a therapy they do in the brain to keep the seizures down and and keep, you know, help the brain repair itself. And this one woman, and I've drawn a blank on her name, but I guess it doesn't really matter. She was saying that he was he was struggling. He was between the two worlds, and it was getting harder and harder for him to go back into his body. And she told us he was in turmoil about that. And then she told us he'd been in turmoil a lot during his life and had a lot of anxiety because his spirit was just too big for his body, and that contributed to this anxious feeling that he always had. And that he was always trying to figure things out and not understanding why things didn't work out. It's interesting. He wants to respond to that. And he says it's really interesting because when he was with you and with the family, he says a whole lot of things made sense. The bigger concepts, the part of, you know, what he learned that we're all connected with each other, that we're all a part of this really big picture. And he says you're absolutely right. And he says, does that mean God makes mistakes on sizing? You need to, oh, I ordered one too small and I have to go back. He's making jokes about it. (laughs) Um, It's interesting. He feels that sometimes, and this happens with kids all the time. You'll see this actually if you see Auric feels. This is a, a great analogy. He says, wait, let's go to doggies. If you see a dog, the dog hears something and the energy perks up in that split second before the doggy jumps up and runs, Mm -hmm. people who see can see the auric field just dart out first. And you can see that with people first as well. You could see that with people, that energy going there so very quickly. The truth of it is... There, he feels that she, this medium picked up something that absolutely resonated with him and that it felt so big that sometimes the body, it was so big, it was just emanating from him and it was frightening. But here's the thing, if not frightening, just disconcerting even. Right. But not so much at home. When he was home, he was content, yes? Right, yes. So at home, he says, think about this. At home, I was allowed to fill myself out the way that was appropriate without trying to fold myself in half or condition myself to accommodate the limitations out there in the world. And it was only when I went full throttle, full soul, full colorful me going out to hug the world and, oh, I'm going to help the world, that that was when it felt like it didn't help my body. Because sometimes it felt to me that we lived in a society 
for I had to make my energy smaller to accommodate, and it didn't taste good. And I feel like I, I'm bringing this up, not that I was tortured or anything like that. I don't think I even realized the discrepancy so clearly is out of body now. So here's the deal, mom and dad. Don't you feel the exact same thing as you're expanding now? And your reality and me and knowing what you know feels like it's too big for your body right now because society and not everybody, there are so many people who are in the same boat and giving that space and we're all helping each other. But basically what we talked about last time, and you mentioned it, that society thinks after a certain amount of time you're done. And it's like, why would you ever be done? When you have a child, you think until you go out of body, they're part of your day-to-day -day life. And if I go out of body first, I don't think that that should change. And it doesn't mean you're just living with me because that would not make sense. And that's what, that would be most unhealthy. But we reiterate over and over, and you already know that it's the expansion with the physical. It's out there dancing, giving it to the all, giving it to the firemen, giving it to those in body and out of body. And I really believe that that medium is right. And, and you're, I think both of you and mom, you kind of know it just resonated. But here's the thing. When I was home with you, I didn't feel that way because I could accommodate whatever I was because I didn't have to squeeze myself tighter. But, you know, it's, it happens to a lot of us. We're trying to make our way and we're trying to go out there and get our stuff out there and we have to work with, it isn't that I don't get along with people or take direction. I could do that. But when other people's realities feel smaller than mine, I feel like my heart is lying and I'm bringing it up to share my truth because isn't that your truth? Because when you're home or when you're together or when you're with people who totally get it, you feel like you can expand and your spirit makes it. You know what it is, mom and dad? When your body, you know, is there and your spirit is too big for your body, other people see it and that's when your auric field goes and it just emanates and it helps heal everybody around you. And you're most comfortable with people, even just with each other or people who get it. But wouldn't you say what you're going through is what you feel that I went through in the physical body? Definitely. Yeah, it's kind of like, where do you fit now? Like for Connor, I think in so many ways he thought, you know, like going and performing was going to be better because he could be big on stage and he could be who he was on stage. Yes, without a limitation, right. without packing himself small. Yeah. And, and he says, it's the responsibility in your gut to allow yourself full throttle and then your brain says, when you're out there, you better watch your tongue and you better watch your behavior and somebody doesn't get you. And then you take your heart and, and you don't really, but you think maybe I should put it in my back pocket, but I can't because it made my stomach hurt. In other yeah. words, it was going against my gut to do that. And you know that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And go ahead. Well, because you don't want to appear arrogant. You don't want to be pretend. You don't want to be a big shot you don't want to make other people feel small and you you don't want to be it's funny too i'm even thinking and the, the last time we talked about the idea of like uh, some people feeling like you're crazy if you're talking to a loved one who's passed away and in some ways our society judges people on this very thin line about what's sane and what's insane 
and then people, you know, you got to be modest, but you can't be too confident, you know. And so there, there's always this juxtaposition, and we're always trying to seek that balance. It just kind of reminds me of like chit chat, and I find, in some ways, it's really hard to do the chit chat thing as much. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the correlation of how we feel like that in a society that isn't really ready to hear everything about us, might it, he feels like it's continuing and you're feeling, he says, it's interesting, so many people, and we've talked about this before, will carry something, you know, of them. I mean, I carried some physical stuff that wasn't so healthy from my mom as a way to hold on. We do that. And he says, but yours is about unpacking the box, so to speak. And you're feeling like a juxtaposition. of It's so similar to what he went through. And it's actually based on the same thing as what he went through in terms of the evolution of the sharing and feeling safe doing it, which is what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being able to be confident sharing. Because I think, you know, sometimes as children, you know, if we share something and our friend group doesn't approve, or the forces that be don't approve, then then we start silencing ourselves or we get teased or called out. And I think those are lessons that kind of stick with us. And you can't be different. You're supposed to blend in. And I think there's a lot of that stuff that carries over. And I think even with our country the way it is now, so divided, people are on one side or the other, and there's a lot of people in the middle, I think, that have kind of gone silent. Right. Oh, his, his, um, Connor just pulled something out of my head that will be a good example of this. To have compassion about people not wanting to be found out, especially those of us who, who might be a little older, where now, you know, there, there are so many more TV shows and people know, you know, they hear about it. There's so much, you know, written about it. We were at a birthday party for a doctor. It was his 80th birthday, and the place was crawling with older gentlemen doctors. And they were lovely, and they're all telling jokes and doing their thing. And the wife came over and brought this older gentleman over and said, oh, he really wants to talk to you. He knows you're a medium. He really wants to talk to you. And he said, yeah, let's come outside. And he came off pretty aggressively in a way to me. And he said, so tell me something. Prove it. Prove it to me. And of course, you know, I'm like a cat. The hackles go up, and I'm like, really? You know? And then I hear his mother go, stick with this. I've got this. Just repeat what I'm saying. And I said, basically, you just need to cut the you know what. Your mother says you talk to her every day and you've been seeing people your whole life. So what the hell are you doing? And he just grinned from ear to ear and he went, yep. And you know what? It's totally okay. His mom just hugged me. Huh? It's to- I'm not upset that he did that because I get it. People are afraid to- of being found out. Right. You know, and they're share, you know, shy. They're shy about it. I, I stumbled on the shy because your son said, sure. See, this is what happens. I hear them and then I'm saying something. It's like, yeah, he, he was sure about the fact that he could, could not put it out there. But now he's a little bit different. And he also was a little taken aback. I don't know this. He didn't say this, but I'm picking up that he was found out so easily but he kind of liked it because it's kind of hard to, to sit on and hide the light when that's what you're dealing with. And I'd even think another word for that is sensitivity. Yes. Because you don't want to come out as being sensitive or emotional or a feeler. 
it's considered to be weak. However strange that sounds, it's considered to be weak. Yeah. Isn't it through our vulnerability that we that we grow? Exactly. And you got to be willing to go to those places. Right. And I find, you know, like, I get a lot of people that don't believe in therapy, but they don't believe in talking about things. It's crazy to think they don't want to talk. Well, and, it is. Yeah, and it's funny because you were talking about, you know, the day-to-day and the mundane. Connor liked to watch this TV show called This Is Us. And it is very much a tearjerker. He just said the word tearjerker. He just said it. He's, <laughs> he says that that's, that's like when you put a jack under the car and you want to jack it up. It's like what Disney movies like Bambi, yes. you know, does for people. It will cut you loose even if you don't know you have grief in you. Yes, yes. And, and I was even reluctant after he passed to finish watching the episodes that kept accumulating and accumulating. And so gradually I would allow myself to watch them and I would invite him to be with me. And I would think about the parts where we might get emotional together. And I would think about the parts where he might get a little tearful, but then, you know, excuse himself because he had to get back to his house or he had to get back to his roommates or do some homework. And, and it's kind of funny because I guess in some ways I romanticize them and I guess maybe sometimes Gary and Carly and his friends do too, but there were times that it, it would be even uncomfortable, you know, because he couldn't, he couldn't dip into it for very long because he'd have to go back out into the world. But he would still choose to share that with you. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. He says, it's dipping my toes in all the way. <laughs> <laughs> And, and he loves that. It's, it's interesting because that's what was coming in in terms of downloading, watching things together. He says, it's so much fun because, you know, I'm with you. I'm sharing it with you. I'm commiserating with you. And yet, you know, when, when and, and this is for, you know, people who are out there really wanting the signs and, and looking and, and the doing, it is a great way of being, being together without having to do. Um, they've also talked talk about, kids talk all the time about when we're distracted, you know. I, I happen to like ironing, I know, a little crazy, or in knitting, you know, things like that, where you're somewhat distracted, and driving is a biggie, and I'm not saying, you know, you can't close your eyes and meditate, but they like to, you know, be shotgun with us and just chat with us when we're distracted in that way. When we have a diversion like that, it's kind of, you know, in the way that we can lay back and just kind of be together without having to do anything or direct anything, they're feeling the same way because, you know, they're still the same person that's the same soul, mm-hmm. which you know. He loves the activity too, though. He's saying he, he loves flopping on the couch and, um, and the smell of popcorn and anything that, you know, he knows what's going on there and all the, and he loves when he's having snackage and he, he, it's just fun for him. But being out there with the dancing and the intensity, oh, he's so sweet. He says, we're able to really talk here about the wide range of activities and vibrations that we want to and are available to partake in. You could be sleeping and we lie down and we kind of dance with you and we can feel you. And you might not remember any words, but we'll visit. You, You can feel, you know, a birdie can come and yet... We can literally dance together and we can watch TV. There's nothing that's mundane. It is, we need that vast, almost discrepancy in vibration for normalcy because 
that's what we had in the lifetime with you. Yeah, I used to get jealous of the way that Gary and Connor could go on and on watching sports and talking about sports. Uh And I find, too, that Gary says frequently, oh, Connor would have loved this or that, or, God, I wish he'd been around to see this. And go, he'd be so surprised about this player got traded into this team. And I kind of feel sad for him in some ways that Connor's not here in the same way to say, yeah, or no, I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. He says sometimes he is there. It's interesting. It isn't that he's less interested. There's so much going on. But Mm -hmm. sometimes he literally is there. But of course, there's still going to be that physical loss of what's in front of you mirroring back, you know, and sharing it in the physical way. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's going to be happening. I, I would think it has to be brave. Oh, all these kids behind him who are here and helping and wanting to get their messages through. It has to be hard some for those still in body to revisit some of the things that they like best and want to do with you <laughs> they they understand avoiding the tv show because of the association and the kid is hungry to see i mean they can they can get spoilers believe me they they'd say that all the time um one was really you know i mean one knew who won one year on the singing show and he was like he was really mad and his brother disagreed you know they can do all that in real time but it's interesting it of course, it's going to be harder for the person in body to deal with how it's going to be different when he's there because it is physically different, of course. Yeah. So that resistance has to be a part of it and has to not be that easy. Yeah. And then there is even, I guess, some relief, too, when I think about Connor and how anxious he got and how he'd be really hard on himself. And there are times when... I'm relieved to know that he's not suffering in that way anymore. Right. And we've, we've talked about that. We did, um, we talked about gratitude and in one of these episodes, and we talked about in a situation where you think that, well, how could you possibly have any kind of gratitude in this kind of situation? Our out-of-body loved ones wanted to remind us that even though we might not be able to see it, that the things they want in this life, I think we talked about it too in a previous one that we did, is that, and he wants to share with us, he just put his arm around his friend Michaela, who he met out of body and didn't meet here in body, and that they're all networking when we're together. It's interesting when we're hanging out with our friends, our parents, our loved ones, they're hanging out too. And Connor wants to make a real point of saying they're not peeping palms, And basically, the idea of watching parents, you know, doing whatever, he says, he just put his finger down his throat and said, (sighs) and he says, that remains the same. We've absolutely, you know, the idea of, you you know, you talk about if you made sexual comments or something, it'd be like Gagney. They feel the same way. They're appropriate that way. It isn't like they're underfoot all the time and you have to tell them to get out of the room. They know they're appropriate because he says it totally grosses them out because you're their parents. Yes. Yeah. Um, So that's fine. So inviting them in doesn't mean that you're letting go of any autonomy or any grown-up relationship or anything like that. It's still recognizing the boundaries and the comfort level. It's interesting because we, he just brought up a concept and he, he'd like you to talk about it because he thinks that you have this kind of figured out. Everybody is thinking that out there, the person out of body is the one who has to figure out the boundaries and come in 
and make it comfortable in somehow, some way. And like we talked about doing what felt right for you, really aligned with his need. And he says, you want to know why? The lifetime that I have of being your kid that we're not negating. You already know these things. And we know how to get under each other's skin too. So we have that recipe though for safety and for comfort level and for silliness. And mom, dad, you also always, when I was in body, had the radar that basically all of us feel and sometimes negate to the point that we don't feel it anymore. But you could feel when he wasn't okay sometimes, right? Oh, yes, definitely. And yep. so you, when you stop and remember that, he says you have a leg up on feeling how he is now because that radar is, is part of what we have. It's part of, it's, it's the instrument we're in is the soul recognizes and the soul knows and, and when we think about it, oh, let's chalk up all the times, we can't remember them, but we're there and we get it. So, so many times, if you're listening to this and you get that wave, oh, I don't know what came, they came into my head and I got such a wave, it's usually from a hug. It's interactive. You know the recipe for your kid, and it's the same recipe. How do you feel that applies? Because he feels that you already have the cheat sheet for me. And that we all do for the love, the ones we love. We have that. We have that intimacy. That's a really comforting way to look at it, too. You know, especially I just think if somebody went out of body abruptly, like a, a good friend that my kids grew up with, her son, and the, my kids both knew her son, he committed suicide. And I know she feels so alienated from him and his pain and suffering. But she was so involved in it. So... I guess, you know, I, I imagine two times having conversations with Connor about, like, struggling, being in places where things kind of feel out of sync, feeling alone. And I, I really sense the times that he gets it. And, and I remember the times when it wasn't working for him, when things weren't landing and there wasn't a flow. It was a lot of effort was required. Right. And, and he says that effort for him sometimes felt like stifling his reality the way you have to do it now to accommodate a world that doesn't quite get it yet. Right, right, right. And those are things that make me think, gosh, should we be pursuing other parents that maybe understand this a little bit better? Yes. Well, you see, what happens out there is people like Connor... Um, end up helping, they, they go to classes to try and learn and expand and, and not feel guilty that they're causing all the pain, that it's the love. It isn't that they did anything wrong. And eventually, they're teaching other kids, and it's all about expanding. And it's what happens is, and I've seen this time and again, and every time, it's so humbling, and it really blows my mind. They network with each other to get their parents to parents like you. Who will talk to them? It happens over and over and over. Over 20 years ago, um, I had channeled for a young man who had fallen asleep at the wheel, and I had channeled him for, you know, a big family, you know, his whole family, like three generations got together and he channeled into them and he had messages for everybody. About a year later, I was channeling for someone and I saw the young man, and again, I, I don't remember what I ch- channeled, but I recognized him and he started telling me his story as I'm channeling. For the mom of another young man. And I'm like, why? What are you doing here? Are you related? He said, no. And 
the young man that I was channeling had a very similar story and something happened and, and he felt guilty, but he was not at fault and he wanted to talk to his mom about it. And, and at the end of the session, I said to the woman, it was by phone, and I said, there's somebody else here and I'd like to know what his role is. So while you're still here, I'd like to ask him. And he said, ask the woman I'm talking to how she heard of me. And she told me she was in the doctor's office. The receptionist came up to her without any prompting, gave her my number on a piece of paper and said, you need to call this lady because somebody wants to talk. Somebody needs to talk to you. Somebody needs to talk to you. Turns out the receptionist who did not know the woman who called me, who she gave the number to, the first young man who showed up, it was his aunt. So they network and they, they have people like us in body help with the networking. And, and they do this all over the place. And again, it's humbling and marvelous and beautiful. And sometimes you might just have a feeling to go and say a nice word to someone or give someone a hug and you know that you changed the whole dynamic. It's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much network. They're helping each other to get to us consistently. Yeah. And it's really magnificent. And so we're not just acquiescing when we're on board with it. It gives them the energy, literally infuses them, like putting a phone on the charger. It charges them up. Do you know, he's looking at dad and says, do you know after spinning, all the kids want to hang out with me because I'm just emanating that energy? And do you know that then I do it with them? And it charges them up. And he says, close your eyes and take a deep breath, Dad. You feel the crowd? They're all spinning around you. You feel it? Mm-hmm. And we can do it alone or we can invite them in. And sometimes I like it just you and I, Dad. And then I go back and I do it with them and we can invite them in. But you know what? It's helping them. And they're laughing. One kid says, I like being like the Tasmanian devil. And I used to watch that cartoon and it was my favorite because my mom said I never stopped. And that's how he's connecting with his mother by trying to get that cartoon image and spinning to his mom because his mom used to refer to him as a spinning top. So this is how it works. And I don't know if you're getting wave after wave, but I'm just getting all these hugs because our conversation, you know, channeling, I never know what direction we're going in. And it's, it's kind of interesting because I, I want to channel, but I also want to get out of the way, me, enough so that you can talk, and I talk a lot. And so I'm trying to grab the channeling and fuse that, but then get out of the way. But we're all kind of feeling it out. I feel like we're all just right now. Oh, God, is he funny. He just looked at me and said, remember, when, when I was a kid in gym class back in the 60s, they used to make a square dance. Oh, heaven help us. And I'm sorry if you're really into it, because I bet it's really fun if you know what you're doing. But that dozy dough where it feels like we're all connecting or doing that dance where you hook arms with the person next to you and go on to the next person. We're sharing our vibration by sharing what we do. And you do it in your work. You do it in the spinning. You do it in every conversation. And Gary, you know, Connor wants to say, you've been doing it with there were some young men that you've been working with, some are friends and some other have, have come on board with doing this nonprofit. It's been really a, a, a means of great healing for some of the people Connor loves, correct? 
Yeah, well, I hope, and that's the uh, objective, actually, to to help bring people together and to think right. And Marilyn, what keep, keeps coming over me right now, if you don't mind, is Snow Goose 2019, Connor had passed 24 days before, and I'm putting that thing on, and there's portraits of Connor on the stage, and I'm running all over the place. I'll never forget, I heard Gary, and I turned around, and there you were. And I come up to you and you said, Connor needs to talk to you and you need to give yourself like two hours because he has a lot to say. And it blew me away. And I immediately called Deb and Carly and we, I think the next week we were with you. I don't know why I'm saying that now, but he just, that my son knew you in, when he was alive and then he was able to connect with you, to connect with me. And I just feel like that was so needed for me in that moment to know that my son was uh, there and trying to connect. And thank you for being that medium that it could happen. Oh, well, I believe me. Thank you for the opportunity. And it's humbling and I'm honored. I am so honored. But he's really laughing and this happens. He says, oh, I just had to tell you what was happening, Daddy-o. He's like laughing. And he's saying, I had to let you know what was going on. And I needed it to be in real time. I couldn't wait till after because you were infused after that. And you knew that I was putting my arms in yours for everything you needed to move and do, right? Yeah. We were collaborating. So I just needed to let you know. And here's the thing. The point he wants to make is that he needs it as much as you do. And again, we have to make it really clear. If you're, if you're learning about this and expanding about it, we're all in the learning curve. We're all, you're not letting people down. If you're listening to this, you're open. If you made a decision that somehow, some way, Again, awareness, just even if you don't know the awareness, it's that open door that allows Connor to say, hey, dad, hey. And he says it, it just, it turned it. He says the fact that you, he didn't know if you would be able to do it. And he knows you did it for him. And a few times he told him you did it for him, right? Yeah. And I hugged you. And I know you did it also to not let other people down. But I knew that you felt inside you that it might be more work because, hey, I, I, I was the kid, you know, doing, doing I, was, I was learning how to do this stuff. And he was emceeing and he was just coming into his own. And so he says, you know, I need you to know that that was kind of my happy place, too, where I, you know, he would talk and he would sing and he would do it and he would just be. And he wanted that to continue to be our happy place even though it wasn't feeling, of course, very happy. Yeah, yeah. You know? And yeah. so he's, he says it's really, really important that we acknowledge where we are sometimes and we don't even know where we are and not to even try and get the head to figure it out. It's just how it is and we can feel each other. And he's so honored mm. that you want to hear. Now, he came and there was something else he wanted to bring in about this, but now he says, no, let's just keep going. But there's another concept he wants to bring in, and it has to do with collaboration. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, okay. It, was, it wasn't what I first heard. I think there's something else that he does want to discuss. But he says, Gary, isn't it interesting that when you're busy doing that snow goose, and snow goose is, we have a dear friend, author Victor Villasenor, who has an event the Sunday before Thanksgiving, if anyone wants to come check it out. It's for peace and love and, and expansion. And, and you can look it up. It's a lot of fun. And it's all about expansion and love and connection. All about connection. When you're deciding to work on Snow Goose, even though it was something you did together and knowing that it would be ho- so hard, he wouldn't be upset if you decided not to do it. He would certainly understand. But you collaborated with him. It wasn't just... I am going to prove that I could do this without him. Your heart and your responsibility was saying, we can still do this. He says, you know that's what was going on, right, Dad? Yeah. And he feels that we gave each other the impetus to keep it going. And then what ended up happening is that once you, and you, you were infused with me from the, from the minute you got onto the property, it wasn't contingent on, him coming through any medium, you you were infused with this, but then his heart is aligning with your heart to help his friends feel their autonomy, their authenticity, and comfortable, even though their dear beloved friend is out of body because they don't know what to do either. And you're wanting to help guide them, helped Connor to help guide you, right? Yeah. He says, this is what we're talking about, collaboration. And so we're connecting the dots, but it isn't just the dots where I'm out of body with Michaela and connecting with this kid who's going to help his mom because she is listening to this. You're on the ground floor connecting the dots and you say to Victor, oh yes, I will still do it. And everybody might be shocked, but okay, maybe this is part of the healing. But what they don't remember is that the dots are zigzagging and like, like a pinball machine going ding, 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 ding between the in-body and the out-of-body in ways that we can't even understand and that after we can reflect on and go, wowza, and not even know the full extent. He also wants to talk about, mom, when you're distracted and helping people, when you are picking him up, and sometimes it's not appropriate, sometimes you're doing marriage counseling and it's like, you know what, uh, That's you, you, you can do that. Um, But sometimes something will come in that will really resonate. And he feels that it's collaboration in a very humble way. And, you know, one thing about Connor, he just looked at me and kind of smiled. And he's, he's, he wants to know it all, but he's not a know-it-all. And he says that keeps you open to the wonder. He wants to, and he says, this is where he's like you too, mom and dad. You want to know it all. And you're walking down that path of, of, of knowing, allowing, expanding, whatever all that takes. But you're not a know-it-all in terms of putting it on somebody who's not walking in your shoes because you have the sensitivity of knowing. And one thing that's always come in, and this was a channel thing, it isn't because I'm wise, but, you know, again, only having things come in that could really be 
you know, help me to accept what does come in. Because if something comes in organically later, that's going to be a lot stronger. So it isn't about trying to shake someone and help them. But Connor says, when you know the truth, of course you want to do that. And so we have to accommodate our human societal rules, disregarding the ones we don't like anyway, and that made us uncomfortable and made me not want to leave the house sometimes. But then we want to incorporate our daring and our trust and our faith and our backup so that wherever it is that you want to spread your being, do it where you're comfortable, but you can bet that it's being aligned for the highest good in ways that you won't even understand, but that will be good for you in terms of the exchange. And you'll hear me laugh. (laughs) And I do want to ask about that. Can you hear him laughing sometimes? Oh, yeah. He had a very distinct laugh, and it's not hard at all to, to recall it. And it had a rhythm to it that was just unforgettable. Yeah. Okay. And he 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 wants to channel something, but then when the medium was there and he was going through what he was going through, trying to figure out if he could stay in his body at that time, correct? Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about how it's... Um, in his life, it might have been hard to be contained. And we can see that in people when the auric field is so bright and so huge. Um, I also, and another dear friend, Sita, that you're friends with, and she channels as well, both of us were tuning in with Connor at that time. And we've discussed it, and Connor wants to bring that up. And we've discussed this before about how he was very, very vigilant and trying to, and this matches up with what the medium who came and said he was trying to figure out if he could accommodate the body. What was going on exactly in the brain? This isn't the first time, you know, in terms of channeling this kind of thing, where when somebody is unable to be responsive, if, mm-hmm. if they would like to, you can, you can pick up what they want to say. Sometimes people have people they want to have come. But what was going on for him, he was checking, you know, the, the speech and, and vision and all the different parts of the brain to see if, if the body could accommodate, could he do it? And there were some parts that were not functioning as well because of the damage done. And each time it felt like whenever we would do that, each, you know, whatever day, when he was getting closer to going out of body, we could feel him beginning to let go and feel that it couldn't be accommodating. But he wanted to turn over every stone and look and see. And a lot of people do this to honor us who want them to stay here and who love them. And and they love their life too. He wasn't in a rush to get out. And he did that. And then when he found he really couldn't stay, he found that he still wanted to hang out in his body for a while. And he did to enjoy the love and being surrounded by in-body and out-of-body. It's almost like that suspension of that it's like being a bridge, but all the love on both ends holding and loving. Mm-hmm. And the one thing he wants to say about this is that's pretty intense. And you were in the room and Carly and there was so much going on. And I'm sure you picked up part of it and the medium did and, and we wouldn't. It's, it's very intense. And so when he went out of body, he would go over it. But that's part of the life review it isn't that he's living in that angst anymore that happened in real time. 
And and what he wants to bring up, and that's what I want to ask you how you feel in your experience, if you're affected by this this way, that so many people, especially having that there are different patterns for, for different ways of things happening, but having a vigil for that long in the hospital, it would have to be, especially for us being in the physical, but how are you able to, you know, again, revisit but not be stuck in that moment and you can't get out of it, it sounds, he's saying that even though those memories are there and you might, it, it might be hard, you've been able to go beyond that into his reality because here's the kicker, that's what he wants. He doesn't right. want to stay in those moments and he will, he'll come back with the parents and whoever wants to process and help, but that isn't where he wants to live. How does that resonate with the two of you? Well, one thing I remember the medium telling us that a lot of families beg their children to stay. Yes. And that even if it's a hardship for them because they want to make the fam their parents and the families happy. And I think it was at that point I remember thinking I have to be more specific because from day one after the first seizure I said to him, Connor, do what you need to do. And I think the first time he sat with you, he said I wasn't specific. So after the medium came, I said, Connor, it's okay for you to go. We're going to be okay. You can let go. You don't have to stay here. Because we kept thinking he wouldn't feel like himself in, in a body he couldn't communicate with. And he couldn't control it all. And... And it was hard to let him go, but, but in so many ways, it just made, made a lot of sense. And it's, it does make so much sense. I know that as soon as you started talking about all these kids who try and stay, um, I heard all these kids out there yelling, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, because... One thing they learn with the help out there and, and the help like what Connor and Michaela and a lot of kids are doing out there because they've been through it and they, they become mentors and counselors and they want to help these kids know, of course, it's because their parents love them and want them to stay and they didn't do anything wrong. I can honestly say when we channel kids, they'll, they'll talk about They'll, they'll talk about how hard it was that they thought they were doing something wrong. The ones who had the parents do what you did, you know, it, it's easier for them. But the most important thing to know is because there's continued collaboration and continued reality and an exchange, it's never too late. So if you were, if, if a person, let's say these parents are begging, hold on, hold on, hold on, and that kid is misinterpreting it, in real time right now, look up and say, you know it's because I love you. Mm -hmm. And right now, your kids already probably learn not to be stuck in that moment with the help they're getting out of body. Now you're learning to be stuck in the moment of not having guilt or shame over what you thought was right because you weren't trying to steer your kid wrong. And this is group speak from a whole bunch of kids out there. They know you wanted to hold on to us with love. So we're released from that moment. Please release yourselves from that moment. And when you do, 
you release us too so that we can expand and move forward. You get how it works? Mm -hmm. So Connor's rubbing his hands together and kind of giggling because you walked right into what a whole lot of kids were wanting to be shared. So thank you on behalf of so many. Good, good. Gary, how, how about you? How, how does this resonate in terms of the juxtaposition of doing something so intense and high vibration, and yet he's not in the physical, and yet he's there in the physical, and wanting him, how, and, and again, only if you're comfortable, how, how would you advise? I wouldn't put you on the spot. That okay. was Connor. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not the baddie <laughs> here. <laughs> well, Connor, uh, I have to admit, while Debbie, Deb was talking, uh, it went through my, my mind about uh, the time when Connor was in the uh, ICU. And, and for me, uh, it was about the third day, and I realized that... I would take care of my son no matter what. I would uh, feed him, wipe his butt, whatever it meant, I would do that. And as soon as I was able to do that, I realized he was not going to stay around. I, I knew that in my heart. And, and I thought in some ways it was Connor with me or just giving me permission or whatever. Maybe I was giving him permission to... Uh, to move on. And even then I knew that Connor was going to stay around. I felt him in that ICU, you know, that was in body, but he was out and around too. I kept feeling these things. I don't know. I don't know if I'm off talking something else, but. Oh no, he's agreeing with you a hundred percent. What was going through me, Marilyn, uh, while you were talking, Deb was talking was just that. And I'm feeling it like deeply right now. I almost feel like crying just because it, it was a very emotional time. Um, for me, for everybody there, of course. But um, it, it took a second to, like, as a father, to let go of my son and say, you know, um, go. You know, this isn't going to work for you being here. Um, even though I'd be willing to do whatever I had to do to take care of my son, if he was a bitch, I would take care of him. But um, it just felt like, no, he's it's, he's got to go. And that's what I remember. I, I think you just, I, I, I'm crying too, you just, you're sharing such a beautiful, beautiful gift that I, I know they're saying yes, will really, really help people. As a parent, you want what's best for your kid. And of course, what's best for your kid is to keep them safe and warm and, and not hungry and all those things. And when you're in a circumstance that you're in, you went with your gut instinct of going with that unconditional love of what's best for your kid. Yeah, that's what it felt like, yeah. And he's saying there was no denying that, and he wants to comment on that. If other people who are listening and resonate with this, if you were able to do that, don't backtrack. It was the reality, and they know you weren't trying to say go. A lot of people, especially older people, um, when when children are helping older people pass and say it's really okay for you to go, it's okay for you to go, um, and 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 the time is nigh. It might be the right time, you know what what's considered by society an older person, and parents will come back and say, "Ooh, I knew you were lying, but you were being, you know, it wasn't okay. You were lying, but you were trying to do what's good for me." And 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 then there are people who'll be hanging on and don't go, don't go. And that's the truth of it. It's the soul's expression. It isn't like there's right and wrong. 
However, collaborating in that space, like right now, what you just taught, what you just shared, is being able to access that place and the knowingness that it was a true collaboration and exchange with your son. Yeah. As painful as it is, collaborating with him so those moments that we worry about getting stuck in a moment it's still with the collaboration and that knowingness even though we're humans we're, we, we second guess and we have all kinds of things going on in our brains you know but I, you, you just gave such a gift of Connor says honesty and when you're vulnerable and you share that vulnerability, that vibration is high and it goes right into the gut and the heart of people who need that. And whether they're listening or not, you know, when we do these things and we have these discussions, vibrational levels all around us go up. And, um, you know, it came into my head a couple times, but Connor wants me to repeat it. I've talked about the group Helping Parents Heal. And one of the two founders of the group, the woman who is, is you know, put so much of it together, um, you know, if you want to check out Helping Parents Heal, you can check out what, what happened and her son was in a situation in, across the world. And I, I, I'm paraphrasing, I could have gotten this wrong, but they held up a phone and she said, do what you need to do. And again, I'm very sorry if I got, oh, okay, he's here and he's saying, no, that's what happened. So, um, you see, you know, as a medium, I can get things wrong left and right. My favorite word has always been malaprop from the time I'm a kid, and I can shove my, my foot down my throat. But they know what they're doing out there. So if I make mistakes, forgive me, but they know what they're doing. And he says, no, 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 no. It helped me immensely. And his mom was able to feel him and made a life work of helping other people do exactly the same. And so... It's interesting about sharing the intensity of that exchange, Connor is saying. It's, it seems to me, Connor is saying, that experiencing that on that knowingness level, that soul level, it isn't just intellect, that soul knowingness has honestly allowed both of us to grow, not just as souls, but as father and son. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Oh, yeah. And thank you, Connor. I have grown so much since the passing of my son trying to resolve this. And I had to deal with guilt, too. I had immense guilt for a while that, you know, I didn't do enough or something. And I feel like Connor was with me. I know Connor was with me when I was dealing with this up on my circle. I had an incident that was incredible. And my son was right there with me. I know he was. And I realized that, no, I did all I could. And you know, this guilt stuff is coming from some other place that I'm not going to buy into. Do you know, what all he'll say about that is, you know he rocked you until you knew it was real, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He says, rock and roll is good for the soul, and we rock and we roll, and sometimes we really just need to literally rock and roll, and our hearts get down to the true reality of, look at we're visitors here on the earth and, and our souls are comfortable here in our instruments and we get to play bumper cars until we realize with each other as humans. And this is Connor, he's making a real point here. 
and until we realize that we're all connected and you know and then we realize that um you know it's so funny the reason i'm talking about bumper cars we're supposed to bump heads with our parents at a certain age and we're supposed to bump heads with society and the only time i felt like my head you know bumping heads was i want to thank you for something you allowed my comfort level to be way warmer more sacred and happy than what I was going to find out there. And it doesn't mean that I didn't fit out there, and I, I did pretty well, I, I believe, and, and I was able to do a lot of the things I wanted. But sometimes, I, I, I wanna put something to rest just for me, and I think it might help other people. I think that our closeness and our spiritual awareness, um, Oh, how he's he's looking at how he wants to put it. It it shouldn't be frightening that we're allowed to honor that even though I'm out of body. I don't want people who are having that with their in-body kids to be afraid, uh-oh, what does that mean this or does that mean that? Our brains tend to run with things. But in the same way that you are allowed the relationship both of you have with him oh he he wants to go back to there's your comfort level is so much grander broader when you're with people who are thinking the same way and does not feel completely safe yet out there he's asking you to maintain that because it's the only way that what isn't safe out there the people learn how to feel more safe and you're not pushing anyone who doesn't want to go there. You get what he's saying? Yeah, yeah. So it's really your authenticity. But I, oh, I guess, Dad, I want you to not feel guilty that I had trouble out there in the world because we had more. It prepared me for the more now, which makes me realize that what that medium said, there's a lot of truth to it. Now do you try, I'm going at it from another angle. You got it? Yeah. I think we do, he says, what we know and what our souls are directed, and then we second guess. And it's another way of being stuck in a moment. And I think you're kind of both beyond that, but how can we not do it when the rest of the world seems to do that a lot? Well, what about this? And what did he say? And what did. And going for that concrete. Now, Dad, if, can you feel he just put his hand um, towards the back of your head slightly to the right and just held your head? And it has something to do with um, some of the healing that went on out there. And he says, I've always got your back and I've got your head and I've got you in the same way you always had me. And you might be talking about it in ways that maybe some people who are listener listeners have that and more and maybe they feel they don't have as much. Maybe they didn't have those conversations or dive in that way. But make no mistake, your child chose to come to you this is what they want to tell you when groups speak and you did so many things for the growth for their growth and for yours and if they're wrapped around you in a hug of this is just right right now without worrying about what happened earlier or if you made the right decision or if maybe i was mad and i stalked off or maybe be here right now and feel and this is group what they want listeners to hear, feel our peacefulness and how we are reaching out to you. 
we're, we're, we're sprinkling fairy dust on you to heal because that is what we're doing out here. And we want you healing with us, not denying us and not denying the challenges that we shared and maybe that we weren't allowed to really have the time to work through. But know the intention and the intention is love. I mean, with everything going on and all of the discussion, Connor's just laughing and looking at both of you and gathering the two of you as parents in for a giant hug and he's pulling in and, and sending it to his sister as well. Doesn't it all come down to the love? So we don't have to worry about being perfectionists and sometimes in our stumbling about. <laughs> Dad, and, and he's showing the two of you out there spinning and dancing and mom, in the quiet conversations and the helping, don't we just get it just right in real time, don't we? <laughs> and that's the gifting that he feels that you're sharing this with us. And I'm so grateful. But all these kids are grateful because that's what they want their parents to heal with. Because going back to those moments, even if they relive them and have many tears and how can you not making the space for that kid to get, share share where they are now it, it's come in so many times to honor the loved one and not the hard part well the hard parts of the dysfunction or whatever it is yeah we want to grow from it yeah we want to learn from it but connor says we don't want to live there we want to live in the joy and also in the gratitude that we can be joyful together. And that's everyone's soul right and birthright if we're in body and soul right whether we're in body or not, wouldn't you say? Definitely. Yeah. So thank you. Connor is thanking you so much. Oh, he's pretending to do that bowing down thing. Michaela's <laughs> waving at you. And she just loves getting to know you more and more. And anything you'd like to say? I was just thinking about how fluid it is. You know, I think of, in some ways, I think a lot of people that are grieving think that they're stuck and it's stagnant. And I know you can move it by allowing things to flow, but I'd also like to say be curious about how fluid it is and how it flows and it takes you to a new way of relating with everybody on this plane and everybody on the other side. That's exactly it. He says, Carter just said, I could not have put it better myself. Yeah. Thank you. It is fluid. And when we get caught in our heads and think, what? <laughs> just direct that up there. Look up and go, hey, what? Put it yeah. out there. Put it out there. You know? And, and Connor just looked at his dad and says, look up at the heavens and yell as loud as you can. What the? Whatever you want to put in. Uh, I'll, I'll be doing that in about a half an hour. And, and this was what he was hoping for. Mom, the sound of your laughter. It, it's everything, both of you. It's the oh. interaction. It's the love. And it's how I get to feel full with you. See, we get to feel full with each other. And he just shared it with everyone, but he's feeling full with you. So thank you on every level, both of you, Deb and Gary. Thank you, Connor. Thank you. Thank you, Michaela. But thank you, Deb and Gary. You're, you're brave, brave, brave. And well, thank you. Thank you. Okay. And
I guess we're just proving once again, Connor says, let me be the one who says, I might have passed from in-body to out-of-body, but oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, I am present. <laughs> there we go. Bye-bye. Thank you for sharing this energy in space. Together, we collaborate, raising the vibration for all. I'm Marilyn Cap, author of Love is Greater Than Pain, and you can find me at MarilynCapp.com. Remember, the healing continues with those who are past yet present. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.